for the first time in two weeks, coming at you live from Rowie's dorm room. I'm uh, I'm one of your hosts, Max. I'm one of your other hosts, Brad. And I'm your other other host, Rowie. And we're uh, we're happy to be here. Some of us a little more than others. For some of us, this is a box to check. But for the other two of us, we're happy to be here. Just like to make clear, I am one of the other two that does not see this as a box to check. Yeah. But I'll let you guys, I, I won't say names. Well, uh, I'm also glad to be hosting uh, this pod. And uh, clearly, I have some very respectful guests who I'm, uh, I'm hosting. But I'm looking forward to, to the pod, believe it or not. Damn, guys. It's, uh, it's Super Bowl week. It's it's at least the start of it's, Super Bowl. It's Pro Bowl day. It's let's, Pro let's, Bowl. Let's day. take one let's, thing uh, at a time. What, it's what, are, Pro what are your Bowl Pro Bowl day. reactions, guys? Give give me a couple of hot Pro Bowl inspired takes. I think it is embarrassing that some of the NFL's quote unquote top talent cannot hit a buoy in front of them, like five feet in front of them, with the football. Like you're supposed to be a master of your craft. And look what, like you look, look at what they were doing in that like accuracy competition. Yeah, I I completely agree. Like the the whole notion of like the Pro Bowl is just a time for like players to have fun. Like I agree. Like it should be fun for players. But if you're gonna make it a big thing and like broadcast it, at least be like proud of the product that you're broadcasting. Like if the NFL wants to play pay for a week for a bunch of NFL players to go to Disneyland, like fine. Like. Do that, pay for it, but we don't need to, like, broadcast it outside of a couple, like, social media, like, videos, you know? If you're going to make it a whole Pro Bowl thing where you're putting it on TV, be proud of the product you're putting on TV. Don't let, like, NFL best in their position, quote-unquote, players get bested by social media influencers. It's 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 gone too far the other way. Bro, y'all want to take a wild guess at what, what the one Pro Bowl highlight was? I watched all the way through. What event? Wait a second. You watched all the way through? For one specific event. Did you have nothing to do? I had absolutely nothing. What is do. wrong with you? Yeah, my bad. You guys right. want to take a wild guess? What event was it? No, nah, that's the point. You're gonna. You're supposed to guess. Dodgeball. Uh, so yeah, you had like must an have insane done. like dodge. Must, like, nah, bro. It, it, was, it was the one where they golfed. And try try to get golf. Yeah, bro. There, there's an event where it's like basically a driver competition. But but no foot no football. There's no golf. football. Absolutely oh no football. The you see, like, pro- this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Why is there a golf portion <laughs> yeah. of the NFL Pro Bowl? Bro, like, it was hilarious because like most of them can't golf, and then the dude that won it is a punter, and like of course a punter can golf, bro. Like, like they have like, nothing else to do. Like we don't see this in any other sport. We, we don't see like the like. MLB All-Star Game, you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, an N- there's like a football throwing competition. Or like, yeah. in the NBA, they have, like, a who can hit, like, the home run derby competition. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. And it's also just, in general, like, not the best players out there anymore for, like, each NFL team. Like, you know, Peyton and Eli are the coaches, and that's pretty much the most exciting part of uh, of this whole thing. Like, it's, it's just become a joke. It's just rookies who are excited to be in the NFL going, and then, like, second-rate NFL players who are just happy to have had a couple Pro Bowl votes going. It's just not It's not it. Well, look, I, I don't want to talk too much about the Pro Bowl, but here's my here's my hot take on what the Pro Bowl should be. You want to pay, like Rowie said, you want to pay for them, to, them and their families to go have a couple days in Disney? All for it. Cut all the skill competitions, make it one game, flag football or not, I don't care. Like... 
you go for the game, and then the families can stay after and enjoy the, the the spoils of the of the land that they're in, whether it's like Disney World or if they send them to Vegas, or wherever. Um, I just think like they either need to fix the product, and this is kind of aligning with what we always said, but they either need to fix the product on the field or just get rid of it entirely. Yeah, I agree. And like maybe if it's one big flag football game with like fifteen minute quarters, or maybe like short, like ten to five to ten minute quarters, also fine. But maybe like a small incentive, like. That impacts the rest of the NFL. Like, if the AFC wins, maybe, like, the next year Super Bowl is hosted at, like, an AFC the team, team site. Or, like, the AFC, I don't know. Like, or maybe, like, whichever conference wins, like... No, no, I, I mean, like, at, like, the neutral site, the winning team is the home team in the game. Yeah, 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 I mean? yeah Like, it's still in a neutral site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, something like that would make at least some incentive. Because, like, otherwise it's just a bit of a joke. Bro, he, here's how I think they do it, right? I think you move it away from the season either like before or after i think you make it a preseason event i think the pro bowlers play the ufl all-stars mm. for those that don't know what the ufl is it, it's it's the new edition of the spring football league where the usfl and the xfl merged so it's coming out this spring whatever i think there's going to be like a lot of chatter i think the the people behind it will be mad hyping up like the quality of football right especially the rock i think there's gonna be a point where people are gonna want to put it to the test and this is mostly a joking suggestion because they're not gonna do this but i think that will generate a ton more publicity and a ton more and a ton more hype even if it's not afc versus nfc whatever just a conglomeration of the nfl's best and the ufl's best and we just see what happens see what the disparity is if we're throwing out joke suggestions hear me out on this one you make the Pro Bowl game, like, weeks after the Super Bowl. So, like, if you're in the Super Bowl, you're not precluded from being able to go. The Pro Bowl acts as the tryout for the Olympic team. In, in, in the sense, like, if you don't make the Pro Bowl, you don't get a tryout. So, like, you're incentivized to make the Pro Bowl. And then, if you're in the Pro Bowl, you don't want to make the Olympic team, fine. You know, don't, don't, don't play that hard. But you want to make it? You bet. You you bro, better play well in that game. I agree. Bro, That's a bro, great idea. Can, can you just imagine if like someone's really not trying to go to the Olympics, right? And it's like Miles Garrett is coming at you full speed because he really wants to make it, <laughs> and you're just like jogging up there, bro. You just get yeah. absolutely I mean, hits. I I think at that point you try, and then <laughs> after you qualify for the Pro Bowl, you claim you have mental health issues and drop out, because that way you know you'll get out smelling like a rose. I mean, so, uh, Patrick Mahomes gets to deal with that at games where you see like a like a linebacker like zooming straight at them and they somehow just change course. We all know the video I'm talking about, right? What? No. Like the video of like the defender like running straight at Patrick Mahomes and then he just like dodges him at like the last minute instead of going for like the lethal hit. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Is that know just to, like, avoid a roughing the pass? Like, like, avoid a roughing it, it, Yeah, it was one of those, Did like, he, like, fake slide or something? No, it was one of those, like, like, the NFL is, like, rigged for, like... Cracking down. It's, 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 just, it's just, like, he had, like, the opportunity to, like, destroy, like, just run straight into him, and he just, like, didn't do it. Yeah, I, uh... Right, well, clearly, yeah. I clearly... Oh, not too honestly, like, maybe, honestly, like... It, the Pro Bowl game, right? Like, the NFL should, like, withhold contract money and force the NFL's worst team to play, like, college football's <laughs> best team and just, like, have the Pro Bowl players in the stands watching the game 
And like if you're on the if you made the Pro Bowl on that worst team, you don't have to play, <laughs> right? But it's just like I would genuinely love to see it because yeah, my there's thing so is so much more creative things that can be done, like yeah, focusing on the yeah. worst of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you take the like, take, or, or you know, you they take can... the best of the NFL and yeah. they're on one team. You take the players vote for like the worst of the NFL on the other team, and you have them play each other. And Wait, see what happens. bro, that's so good. I think what happens is you get the two worst quarterbacks in the NFL, like player voted, right? So it's not rigged. And you have them each pick, like, their rosters from the pool of Pro Bowlers. And you see which roster can elevate those quarterbacks the best. Oh, that would be so... Or, you know what, like, you know... And the one who loses is just... (laughs) They're not relegated. You you know how there's, like, debates in the NFL of, like, whether or not, like, this QB or this QB, like, Kirk or Dak, right? There's, like, a big debate. Have them be the two QBs and, like you said, like, pick their teams to, like, settle the debate. You know, like, something like that. Clearly, in like a ten-minute, you know, <laughs> podcast, we have come up with like a yeah. million ways to make this Pro Bowl better. Which just shows how bad Which just shows how bad the Pro Bowl yeah. is. If we can, in ten minutes, come up with like eight different, like, better ideas, like, it's sad. It, it really is. Sad. Roger Goodell, call us. Or you know, call me and Brad because Roy's not really into it. Yeah. Roy's just willing to check off the box. So. Oh, sorry, didn't mean yeah. to. Oh, no, didn't mean to put that there. Who actually just willing to check yeah, off the yeah, box? Yeah, yeah, I'm exposed. So all right, uh, back back to the to the football that happened. We can we can give a quick recap of uh, the one game we didn't discuss uh, last week because we we already talked about the Chiefs game. Uh, just very quick, because I feel like it's more important to talk about, you know, what the Super Bowl actually holds for us. But any any takeaways from the now week-long-gone Lions-Niners game? Well, I think I, there's a lot. I thought it was a very uh, entertaining first, second, and fourth quarter of that game. Um, <laughs> shout out to Noob. Yeah, shout out to Noob. Um, I thought, you know, it was, great, it was a great first quarter, very great second quarter. Lions looked dominant. And then in the fourth quarter, I look up back in the screen <laughs> after a third quarter that we won't speak about. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was, just a, it was just a good game. The final score was nice. The highlights that I got to catch on Twitter were also a nice uh, touch to the evening. And uh, Roy's yeah, never so. appreciated the what's happened so far little stitch they do in the middle of the No, game. yeah, they'll gen usually like, you know, before they go to commercial break, they'll play like a highlight or two with like the music going. I genuinely like needed that in this game to like understand what's going on. But yeah, I mean was, was watching that game just checking off a box for you? Yeah, yeah, I'm just checking off uh just another box to check. So uh kinda like uh you know, what we're doing now in this yeah. pod. Well, I I don't want to discuss I really just have, like, one question I'm really interested to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, about that game. You know, I think it's very clear that Dan Campbell and his decisions are, like, the main theme of that game. I don't want to delve into Dan Campbell so much specifically, but I just want to ask you both, what are your thoughts on analytics in the NFL, right? Like, there are people in the camp of, like, analytics are ruining the game, uh, and there are people in the game of, like, you know, it's making it better. I mean, like, what do you see as the ideal future combination or mix of the amount that analytics will infiltrate decision making in the NFL? Well, for, for, from like a purely analytics standpoint, like I, I'm a CS guy, right? Like, and like data analyst for a pro sports team is like one of my dream jobs. Like, if if I could do that, I would. You know, so clearly I'm very in favor of it. I think that there's obviously there's a balance of it as we saw with the chargers like it it felt like staley 
live by the analytics and die by the analytics because it's not just daily though yeah it's not just daily but that's just my direct example like he kind of day in day out made the decision that analytics told him to and i don't think that was right but i will say with dan campbell even though yes the analytics told him to go for it i'm not sure that that was the full basis behind his decision making i think that's just his play style i think he's a you hear it in his speeches, right? It's grab you by the balls, it's bite off your kneecaps, it's we are going to put a chokehold on this game, even if we're not going to do that in the right decision. Or even if we're not going to do that in kind of the conventional manner. And I think it literally is just live by that, die by that. I think whatever analytics told him to do, I think Dan Campbell in those situations would have gone with his gut. And his gut was telling him, go for that fourth down, put a chokehold on this game. I think if Josh Reynolds doesn't drop two passes, I think if uh, Jameer Gibbs doesn't fumble, I think no one's questioning his decision-making because it's what got them there in the first place. So I think it's just a a combination of bad misfortune for them and also just that's his style. Like, he's going to do it no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking to a a self-proclaimed CS guy and a data science man, you know, so I'm clearly, I'm clearly in the company of two prolific people who are embarking on uh, careers or graduate studies in uh, the field of data science or analytics. So I'm not going to talk too long because I'm the least qualified, even though I am taking a data science and physics class starting tomorrow. So I wish this pod, we were checking off a box. When we check off the box next week, I'm going to actually have like empirical data science lingo to like spit at you Jared but you know until then I'm gonna just say this right I was obviously the fan of a coach who was gung-ho on analytics and I think the biggest downside of analytics was the fact that it doesn't fully take into account the human nature of the game you know if the game was being played by like robots like is what it is but I think there are certain things that you are supposed to see as a coach with the pulse on your team in terms of how the game's going, looking your QB in the eyes and like feeling the vibe, like how your skill positions are playing. There are certain unspoken things that a coach needs to gauge that an AI that is not there on the field will never be able to gauge. Or that an AI that was modeled, that was prepared before the game is played and doesn't take into account the happenings of that game will not be able to account for it. 100%. So with that being said, I think analytics should be like included as part of like a game plan, but not the majority or like, you know, a significant portion of it. That's, that's what I believe a, and then specifically to the Dan Campbell case, I agree with Max. I think that that's part of his MO, but I still don't think it excuses the decision to not kick a field goal. No, I, I agree to preface. I, I think that kicking the field goal, right. especially to put them up three scores. I mean, there are a couple fourth downs. I think one they got and two they didn't. I might be misremembering. But specifically the one where the Niners were coming back and they could have put themselves up three scores. That's what I really disagree with. Right. Sorry. Um, so ultimately, like, you know, you bring up, like, the Josh Reynolds dropped two balls. Like, that's fine. The Niners also made, like... In any close game, there's going to be a moment or mistakes that you can point out for either team, but the winner of that game is going to be the team with better situational football, and I think that kicking the field goal there would have given the Lions a perfect opportunity to play situational football, 
and I think they just missed that opportunity. You know, so I think a little bit of it was Dan Campbell not wanting to answer questions, win or lose, if they kick the field goal of like, oh, we got you kicking the field goal, like you're not going by analytics. You know, like I think he was probably a little timid and scared maybe to answer questions about that after the game. But I think ultimately, like making the decision to kick a field goal can also coexist with being a team that's known for going for it on fourth down. I think it's just a matter of knowing the situation, knowing your team. And ultimately, hate as much as it pains me to say, Dan Campbell didn't have the pulse of his team on that fourth down. So that's why they lost. Yeah, I mean, I think for analytics, there's a lot of people who are complaining that, like, get the analytics out. It's it, it, it's not welcome in the NFL. I, I believe it is. I think that it is making the games, at a minimum, more exciting. I mean, it, it is more exciting to watch a team go for it on fourth down than it is to watch them kick, like, a 20-yard field goal. I'm sorry. It, it just is. And that Niners game, it was exciting. That Niners uh, line, it was exciting because it was played to, like, the last minute. Like, it's it. Like, that is more exciting than, like, the Lions, like, you know, maintaining their lead. But, you know, I don't want I, – I very much agree with what the two of you said. So I don't want to talk about analytics too, too much more. But what I will say, I'm not sure if this is a hot take or not. My biggest beef with Dan Campbell in that game was not the decisions to go for it. It was the decision to run the ball without any timeouts at the goal line. That was just or, giving... No, with three timeouts. No, he didn't have any timeouts left then. No, he had he three did... timeouts. And run it, running it meant that if he didn't get it, he would have to burn one. So they couldn't give the Niners a ball back. I see. That's what, yeah. Apologies, Mr. Remember, thank you. But, like, that was just giving the game away. Like, yeah. as soon as I saw that, the, I, 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 knew the, I knew the Lions had lost. I mean, I just... That is not an analytics decision, or maybe maybe it was, but I don't see that as an analytics decision. I just can't understand the the thinking there, and I, I I think that that type of decision is what you know made them lose the game. Not not as much. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying they didn't matter, but not as much the actual like go for it decisions. Yeah, I think in in the long run, like I don't know that this loss means that much for the Lions. I think if you had the same scoreline, but it panned out a different way, right? Like if the if the if it was a pretty close game, no crazy mistakes, and the and the Niners won 34-27, I don't think anyone's really giving Dan Campbell a hard time. I think they're excited they got this far. I think they're running it back with the same team. I honestly think even with the score, right? Like I think there's no real major takeaways for the line. Like, it's not going to be a major shakeup. They're not going to change their QB. They're not going to fire their coordinators. Their OC and DC are sticking around. Like, I think they're bringing back the same team. I think Dan Campbell's learning. Like, this is his first stint as a head coach. Maybe his last if he wins the Super Bowl in Detroit. Like, you don't know. But I think they're coming back. I think they're replenishing their secondary because that's a weak spot. I think they're probably getting another receiver because having Josh Reynolds as your go-to guy on third down didn't really work out too well for them. I think they're coming in next year as probably one of the top three favorites from the NFC. So in the long run, I think this is more so just a learning opportunity for them. But obviously it stinks. So how about the Super Bowl, though, guys? I mean, like, that's that's the main event here. Bro, I don't care. Dude, I think the main event is the head coach in carousel. Not going to lie. I think that's... Honestly, uh, yeah. That, that, to me, is more uh, more exciting well, than the Super Bowl. Who's your most surprised? Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let, let's discuss the coaching carousel, but can we just get our official picks for the Super Bowl on, on, on the record? Yeah. Just so I can best y'all again? Yeah. Okay. 
And uh, note, we are 20 seconds away from checking the box. So uh, let's get the picks out before we do the superfluous part of the pot. <laughs> Alright, Max, can I kick us off? Yeah, so I'm, I'm in two minds, right? Because I've picked against the Chiefs for each of the last three rounds against... Arguably, as Roey said last uh, last pod, the top three teams in the NFC, in the AFC, sorry, other than the Chiefs, uh, and they've won every time, much to my chagrin. Uh, I don't like the Chiefs. Uh, I don't like, yeah, I just don't like the Chiefs. So I'm hesitant to pick against them, but I do think that the Niners are, as a team, better, and they were my preseason pick. I, I'm very hesitant in that pick because... I think it's more so based on my initial thoughts at the start of the season. And if the Chiefs continue playing like they have, I think it's hard to pick against them. But I need to go with my original pick. And I can kind of break down why, but it's a little bit of a hard overhead type of pick. So not just. Yeah, I think uh, I'm also going to stick to uh, the, old, the, the team that I did get right at the beginning of the year, which is the Chiefs. Um, at the time, I didn't pick them. Uh, but now I am because I feel like... The Chiefs have just been a team that have been playing their best football. Um, the Niners played their best football in the third quarter I didn't watch, so as far as I'm concerned, I didn't watch them play their best football. Um, I'm going to trust that you know the Chiefs are going to you know win this game just simply because of better QB play. And uh, I'm going to pick Chiefs over Niners, even though I very much want the Niners to win. Yeah, I got to stick with my original, original pick at the beginning of the season, Niners over Chiefs. It's gotten me this far, so, you know. Gonna, gonna see it out. Yeah, Niners open as two-point favorites, or maybe not open, but the current line is two-point favorites, which I guess kind of makes sense. I think in in the mainstream, the Chiefs are kind of viewed as an underdog, even though they probably shouldn't be. I think, I think if Kyle Shanahan doesn't win with this group of talent when there's like when they're all pretty healthy, like they traded for Chase Young, they're linebackers are both all pros like their secondaries intact i think if he doesn't win this year against the worst chiefs team of the last whatever whatever the mahomes run has been like six years i i mean he's gonna have a lot of questions to, a lot of questions to answer i don't think anything drastic will come of it if he doesn't win but i think this is probably his best chance yeah i mean the thing with the nfl and this kind of segues us into the head coaching conversation uh, is that other than Andy Reid at this point now with Bill retired, there's no like head coach who's proven they can consistently win Super Bowls. I mean, Sean McVay like did it, I guess, uh, outside of uh, Andy Reid. So who outside of Andy Reid, who's one? Who's the coach before Andy Reid to win a Super Bowl over the last few years? Is it Sean McVay before Andy Reid? What I mean, Sean McVay did with the with the Rams. But what what are you asking specifically? Like like who are the last three coaches to win? Super- well, let's say the the Chiefs won yeah. in twenty twenty, then the Rams won twenty twenty one and then the Chiefs won. Doug Peterson, the Eagles, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, so among okay okay. I, see. I mean it, it it's gone Chiefs Rams Chiefs. Yeah. And we'll see. So so I get I guess my point is is outside of Sean McVay once one year. Out of like current coaches who are still on like the I mean, same like, team, Tomlin they won the Super won a Bowl. Couple back in the day, oh, right? or one. yeah, that yeah, 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 one back, but like Sean Payton back. In the yeah, day. yeah, but I'm saying like, uh, you know, in recent NFL history, Andy Reid is the only coach who's proven he can win multiple Super Bowls. Or like, 
outside of Sean McVay, in my opinion, who of in terms of coaches on current teams in the last like five years, like actually get there and win it. Like in my opinion, the like the way the coaches are stratified in the NFL right now is it's Andy Reid in his own like echelon based on a guy who can get to the big game and win it. And then after that, like Kyle Shanahan and so on and so forth. Not to dump on Andy Reid, and this goes for Bill Belichick as well, in my opinion, but, you know, Andy Reid, before Patrick Mahomes got there, had a lot of questions in the playoffs. Like, there was a lot of, like, time management questions. You mean on the Eagles? Yeah. But I'm just just saying, as as a coach. Yeah. Like, as a coach, he had, like, playoff questions. And, like, there were Mm. questions of whether he could win the big game. And then Patrick Mahomes gets there, and he's been winning. And, you know, like, same goes for Belichick. We all saw him without Tom Brady, right? I'm not saying that Andy Reid or Bill Belichick is not a good coach or that they have not proven they can consistently win Super Bowls. Not saying that. All I'm saying is it is, like, there is only one Brady. There's only one Mahomes. Like, if they're the ones winning Super Bowls, too, it feels kind of tough to say that they're the only good coaches. I mean, that's not that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that the only coaches, like, on a factual basis in the last five years that have proven consistently that they can get to the big game and win is Andy Reid. That's, that's like, the point I'm trying yeah. to make. And I'm not saying he's without his caveats. I'm not saying there's not asterisks to his career. I'm just saying that, like, if Cal Shanahan loses the Super Bowl and, like, the questions rain down on him, like... He is in a pool with, like, any other good coach that you can consider in the NFL outside of Andy Reid. The same exact questions could be asked asked at them. So there's no real, like, better alternative, in my opinion, outside of Andy Reid. No, I, I agree. I, I don't I don't think it's it's like, a, oh, the Niners are firing him to hire someone else. I don't I don't think they'll really ever do that unless there's, like, a, yeah. some dispute with ownership or unless he walks away of his own accord. But I think, truly, that this is his best chance. Like... Top to bottom, best roster in the NFL. I think facing a team with a much worse roster, I think he has, like, this is his hand-picked team. Like, all of these guys are guys he has brought in for this purpose. Like, Purdy's their guy. Like, there's question marks about him, but Shanahan basically hand-picked him to be their quarterback of the future. He traded away the other guys and said, this is the dude to get us to the next level. And... Like, trading for CMC, trading for Chase Young, once again. Just moves that signify that they want to win right now, right this second. And if they don't, I think it's it's a tough look, is all I'm trying to say. I think they should, but it's a tough look. I think that either the Eagles or the Cowboys should have taken on Bill Belichick. That's just, like, I... Uh, for slightly different reasons. I mean, I think that Mike McCarthy, I've, I, I've seen enough. Like, I... Just have zero faith. Yeah, I think that's that's the most shocking coaching retention of this carousel. Especially by Jerry Jones, who's a guy who's not afraid at all to just fire a coach. So, yeah, I mean, I just I have zero faith. Like, like the Cowboys could go, you know, seventeen and zero, and I would still think that they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs or the second round, whatever. Um, And for the Eagles, something happened. Like, I, I, I don't know what it is. None of us know what it is. I hope we will. But I've never seen, at least in my, like, watching football time, a collapse like that. I mean, it was like 
they didn't just go from like good to like losing. They went from like good to just like can't do anything. I mean, right. if I were to try to compare it to another team, it would be that year like I don't think it was Ben Roethlisberger's last season, but maybe yeah. his second to last season where they went like eleven and zero, super inflated and but bloated. They, they were a bad eleven. But they were a, they at eleven and zero. No one was really buying into them. The the Eagles, on the other hand, at eleven and zero, were like literally like but, top of the league. So the, the the players quit though. Like if you watched the Eagles Bucks game, like the play and like I don't know what happened with like AJ Brown, but like the, the, the players just like were not putting in the effort. Like say what you want about like that Steelers team, they were just not as good as their record suggested. I mean this was like it just felt like night and day, like between the first part and the second mm-hmm. part of the Eagles season. And uh, you know who who are we who are we supposed to blame, right? I, I just I think that. I think it's tough, but I think the Eagles or the Cowboys should have taken on Billy B. Yeah. I think another intriguing landing spot for Bill Belichick would have been the New York Jets. And uh, this is actually a take I heard <laughs> listening to uh, to the Pat McAfee show, so I can't claim this entirely as my own. But I found it a very interesting take in that the Jets are a team like with Aaron Rodgers for probably another two, at best, three more seasons before Rodgers retires. That anyway, like once Rodgers is out there within two or three years, they're gonna probably have to have a rebuild of some sort. You know, whether best case scenario they do what the Packers did and get Jordan Love to kind of replace him. But given the Jets QB history in terms of drafting, that's probably not so likely. So like regardless in two to three years as a Jets fan, you are or a Jets t- like owner, you are prepared to rebuild that offense and kind of almost start from ground zero. And Bill Belichick, to me, as a coach who's looking 15 wins, I think, away from Shula's record. He's looking to only coach and maybe win one more, you know, compete for a championship or win 15 games, whichever comes first, uh, over the next two to three seasons. So I think, like, getting Bill Belichick to make yourself the most competitive team for two or three years. And then regardless, when Bill retires, Aaron was going to retire anyway. So you're rebuilding either way. Like, you can't possibly tell me whether or not you like Bill Belichick or you hate Bill Belichick, that if the Jets are a wild card playoff team, and okay, it's wild card week 2024, um, wild card week 2024, Jets versus whoever, you can't possibly tell me, or I refuse to believe, that Robert Sala gives them a better chance to win that wild card game than Bill Belichick as the head coach. I think that that, that decision should have been made, and I think it would have been an also like, you know, kind of funny because, like, you know, Bill is long known to have dominated the Jets. So I feel like having, you know, been a, being able to poach Bill Belichick as the Jets would be like, Come the, home. you know, kind of like a, a small F off or F U to the Pats, you know. Even if you can't beat him, you join him. And, you know, and, so. and Aaron Rodgers admires Bill Belichick. Like there's, yeah. there's been a lot of like the mic'd up moments no. at the end of games. Like at the the very last game of last uh, season, it was a Pats Jets game, and Bill had that little moment with Aaron Rodgers in midfield. To me, if anything, that might have been like a gesture of interest. You know, I remember when uh, Hunter Henry in his contract year with the Chargers, when the Pats played the Chargers that year. I think that was like the forty five nothing loss, crazy embarrassing Anthony Lynn loss. Um, I remember, like, in the end of the game, Bill was talking to Hunter Henry for, like, five, ten minutes. And I remember thinking, like, man, like, he could go to the Pats. I could see it. And lo and behold, like, Bill took him, you know. So I really think that Bill to the Jets, it's kind of a shame it's not happening. But to finish off the coaching uh, conversation, where do you guys see Bill taking his career? Do you think he retires or do you think he joins up a team next season? 
I think he probably joins up with Team next season. I don't think anything he said has indicated that he wants to retire, but I think he's a guy who can kind of handpick his spot, and I think as soon as his spot becomes available, I think, to be honest, like, joining up with the Cowboys next year is, I think, probably the odds-on favorite and what I can see just because they're built to win, and like you said, he wants to win. So I think both him and Mike Rabel, who also ended up without a job, I think they'll have their pick of the bunch, and they can kind of choose to go to a place with a good foundation rather than a rebuild. I think Bill Belichick coaches again next season, but I think it's because he stops asking for full control. I think he gets a spot, uh, especially because he's you know, one year older, like less time being able to coach. He's going to be the you know coach, full say over any coaching decisions, but I don't think he'll get GM responsibilities anywhere. Do, do you guys have any coach that you think will flop in their new spot? Well, I mean, I feel like a lot. I feel like a lot of the coaches this season, outside of like Jim Harbaugh, I think none of them really have expectations, right? Like, am I am I missing well, something? Tamiko Ryan's. I'm not Tamiko Ryan's. Excuse me. Uh, Raheem Morris. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, he wasn't he a failed head coach beforehand. So yeah, but like, I, I think he's like super respected. I I think he's yeah. he's. Oh, I, I, I think yeah. he was one of the best hires. Yeah. Uh, but like, if we're talking like pure expectation standpoint, right? Like, you know, it's your second second gig. Like. All, 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 all I'm saying, maybe so, but all I'm saying is I think this year the only coach with, like, turn this team around expectations is Jim Harbaugh, yeah. partially because of, A, the re- resume he's had turning teams around, and B, like, the team he's, he's joining. Um, but I think this coaching cycle is a little strange because I think a lot of teams prioritize the age over, like, experience or necessarily, like, the best fit for their team, it almost seems like. Like, teams went defensive that people thought might should go, should maybe go offensive and vice versa Dan just to, to get... Commanders How Mike Rabel doesn't have a job is beyond me. Right. That, that dude is a good coach. I, yeah. I will say, the dude I feel worst for, for the new hires, is Brian Callahan, who's replacing Rabel, because he just has huge shoes to fill. And I, that fan base, if you looked at their Instagram posts, like, they kept posting the candidates that they were interviewing. Under every single post, it would have been like, oh, there's a good there's a good candidate out there. His name is Mike Rabel. Ever heard of him? So, like, obviously they miss him, and they want him back. I just feel bad for Callahan. I also feel a little bad for Dave Canales, because the Panthers are a shit show. Right. But apparently he's a QB guru. So I think that's kind of... Yeah, a spot that works for him. I think the and I I did not originate this take, uh, but you know, Panthers isn't such a bad gig. You know, you get your guaranteed money, you get fired after the first season, because uh, the Panthers suck, and uh, you get to make your money out and not really do the job. Yeah, kind of kind of like a guaranteed, you know, just like Chelsea right now. But uh, I'll save that for the soccer pod. All right. Um. To to close out, we spent a while on coaches, uh, so we won't go into a crazy uh crazy Super Bowl preview or anything like that. But I want each of you to give me one, I guess, X factor to decide a Super Bowl. What What's one thing you're going to look for to say this will be the turning point? I think uh, to start ourselves off, I think I've long staked my claim in this pod in linebacker play. And uh, more specifically, run defending linebacker play. Such as who? Really? And uh, I think that... Um, in this game, the, we uniquely have the opportunity to watch a team with two great linebacker cores, like Max alluded to earlier in the podcast. Both the uh, Niners uh, linebackers are all pros, 
And I think that the Chiefs have Nick Bolton, who's a phenomenal young linebacker, in my opinion, and Drew Tranquil, and he's, who's been playing well in his role this season. And I think that this game, largely, is going to come down to the Chiefs being able to stop the run game and force the Niners to consistently be one-dimensional and pass, kind of putting pressure on Brock Purdy, and vice versa, doing the same thing uh, to on Patrick Mahomes to set up obvious passing situations where Nick Bosa or Chase Young can take advantage of Juwan uh, Taylor. So I think, for me, linebacker play on the interior and the ability to, you know, on a first and 10 to open the drive, hit him for a two-yard loss versus letting McCaffrey or Pacheco run six yards could make a big difference in this game. Yeah, I mean, for me, the X factor is uh, George Kittle. I just feel like whenever George Kittle is cooking, the Niners are cooking. Like, I feel like he's a player that whenever he's getting big chunk plays in the game, the Niners are just rocking and rolling. And I feel like he's not usually as productive when it's a you know, when it's not as good of a game for the Niners. So if I see George Kittle ripping off, you know, like 15, 20, 25 yard catch and run situations, I feel pretty good about the Niners pulling out the win. Yeah, that's a good point. I think when you heard Kelsey in like his pregame press conference, I think that he like called out uh, Kittle as one of his brothers, like tight end university founder. He said he was the best tight end in the league which I don't know if I agree with, but I think you're right. He's very tied to their success. Um, I'm going to put the my, my X factor related to both quarterbacks' mobility and their ability to scramble and get out of sacks. Mm, good take. I, th- I think both quarterbacks are what we would personally classify as sneaky mobile. I don't think either of them are particularly known as scramblers. I guess Mahomes a little more so. But I think both guys, like, they can escape sacks and kind of make plays on the run when plays are broken down. We saw Purdy do it a couple of times. We saw him rip off a couple of big scrambles, which kind of kick-started the Niners' comeback, and also rip off a couple of like outside-the-pocket broken play plays, uh, which worked out really well. And obviously Mahomes has been doing that for a while. I think both teams, they've spent a lot on their D-line. I mean, the, the Chiefs have Chris Jones and Karloftis on the edge, and then the Niners we've kind of alluded to with Bosa and Young uh, and Eric Armstead. They have a bunch of names. I think both teams, it's kind of D-line and offensive escapability is kind of the one big X factor. But ability to get to the quarterback and to prevent those kind of big broken down plays, I think that decides it. Yeah. Well, this has been an incredible pod. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Jared, for listening. And uh, we look forward to coming back to you next week. Or next year. Take a Shout out just... Nope, not just